Please listen carefully. Hello, universe, and welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Christy Jansen. And I'm Summers McKay. We are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news. We bring you reader-funded solutions news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions. Seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we are sharing these solutions on a commute-worthy, walk-worthy, home office-worthy, gardening-worthy, sit-on-the-beach-worthy, take-a-long-drive-worthy. Drink your morning to Chino. Worthy. Yeah, drink your morning to Chino Worthy podcast. <laughs> Today is Monday, the 16th of May, 2022. Good morning, Christy. Happy Monday. How are Happy you? Happy Monday. I have a bit of the Mondays. Um, you know, getting back into work sometimes is more difficult than others. Especially when it's like a beautiful summery, springy weekend. And, yeah, the sun yeah. and the you know, I was poolside this weekend with some friends and uh, it's the beginning of summery kinds of weather. We had an outdoor dinner for my um, yeah. my husband's birthday. It was really nice. So, yeah. Oh, I think you guys probably have a little bit of spring fever right now, right? A little bit. You know, we're knocking on the door of the three-day weekend that's coming up, right? Memorial Day is coming up. So that's going to be like a little holiday weekend. But I think that's why everyone gets spring fever right around yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about something that I watched this weekend. Okay. I watched the first episode of the third season of Leah Remini's show about Scientology. Okay. I don't know if you've seen any of the shows. Nope. But it is fascinating. And as a young woman, I grew up in the Los Angeles scene and I lived very near to the Hollywood Scientology Center and was often invited to those events. And this was all 20 years ago because uh, I'm no longer a young woman. And it was creepy. It was creepy even then. And you could tell it was like a creepy cult. And I was always super weirded out by it. And watching the first episode, way before Brennan was born, I watched the first season, but then it was way too inflammatory while I was focusing on, you know, birthing and momming an early child. But I just have to say, Christy, it's very rare that I can say I watch something other than Frozen, but I was totally captivated. And I think that this is going to be my new show. I did binge watch Bridgerton. Ariel made me binge watch it. So yeah. Okay. So the Scientology show, that is one creepy cult. Yeah. Okay. It is definitely. I have a friend who grew up as a Scientologist for part of her really? young life. And some of the stories, mm -hmm. man, granted, maybe her parents were a little nuts too, but... <laughs> We'll probably have like weird Scientology lawyers outside our door now being like, don't talk about Scientology on your podcast. So I finally watched something different and it's not good news and it wasn't uplifting or anything, but it was kind of stimulating because, you know, <sighs> it got me thinking about outer space alien, you know. <laughs> Speaking of outer space, my two shows are, well, this is not about outer space at all, but like the shows that I've been sort of watching when I just need to like turn my brain off. And right. There's a show called Glow Up on Netflix, which is about Ooh. makeup artists. It's okay. like a makeup artist competition. Ooh. That's really fun. I kind of started watching that yeah. last week. Okay. And then the other one that I'm that I love is called The Expanse, which is about sort mm -hmm. of a futuristic sci-fi people are out in the solar system and it's, you know, Mars and Earth. They're not exactly at war, but they're definitely 
tense neighbors. And then there's those who are in the, the belters who are out in the rings around Saturn who live out there. So it's a pretty cool, Ooh, really, really- I want to be a belter. Really great world building and an escape type of show all about space, which I guess you've been into spacey, science fiction-y. I mean, L. Ron Hubbard founded, founded Scientology. So there you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, this is sort of an awkward transition into the stories, but it, you know, things always kind of fit together. I didn't even realize that I was in a space mood when I picked this story or why I was in a space mood, but now we know why. So we kind of co-picked our headlines today. So I'm really reading this story and Christy's on the next one, but we both chose them. Our first headline today is Orbex Rocket Prototype makes a debut in the Scottish Highlands spaceport. Which is just like funny to think that there's actually spaceports around the world now. I found out that Vandenberg, which is just a little bit north of where I live in Santa Barbara, Goleta, that's going to be the home of the U.S. Space Force. <gasps> wow. Do you know that? Space Force is coming to California. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I have watched many a launch from Vandenberg. (laughs) I love it. So while humans are naturally earthbound creatures, we do need space travel, if not just for our fiction. (laughs) Our society, as it is, needs the myriad of functions and services satellites provide. And so far, there's only one way to get them up there. By rockets. Big old gas guzzle and rockets. But to that end, space scientists and engineers are constantly innovating ways to make rockets not only more efficient, but also greener. The Orbex rocket has been unveiled at Sutherland Spaceport in Scotland and will launch from Sutherland later this year after undergoing trials and testings at a facility in Moray. The plan is for Orbex to launch microsatellites from the Sutherland site And it will be the first rocket launched on UK soil in over 40 years. But all of this isn't what makes Orbix special. It's the fact that the rocket is reusable and will be powered by renewable biofuel. So, so many of these rockets go up and you can't use them again. They're like wind turbines, like just trash. It turns out this one is a major milestone for Orbex as it highlights just how far along our development path we now are, is quoted Chris Lamar of Orbex. From the outside, it might look like an ordinary rocket, but on the inside, Prime is unlike anything else. The engines of Orbex Prime rocket were 3D printed, and it makes use of low-carbon fuel cells. And all legal and environmental permissions have been given for Orbex to take off later this year. They made it greener, they can reuse it, and it's using renewable biofuel. I am definitely a pro-space kind of person. And it's great that this company is saying, okay, so how can we do it in a way which is not mm-hmm. quite as bad for the rest of the world, <laughs> you know? Right. Whether we're flying into space or diving into the ocean, we are going to explore unexplored areas. And we need to do them in ways that have less negative impact. And technology just has to keep accelerating. We have to keep learning things to jump over new boundaries. Okay. Well, there's my transition, right? (laughs) Because my headline is kind of space-related, space-adjacent, but it's about jumping robots. Mm -hmm. There's a new jumping robot, which they've developed here at UC Santa Barbara, my alma mater. The headline reads, Jumping Robot Leaps to New Heights. There's a robot that's been created that has just recently smashed all records to become the highest jumper to date. 
engineered or biological. And that means it's the highest like for its size in a single jump. It's able to reach heights of around 100 feet, 30 meters. It can accelerate from zero to 60 miles per hour in nine meters per second. And it's very lightweight and aerodynamic machine, which is kind of inspired by biological jumpers, but takes certain things a step further. Biological jumpers have been a source of inspiration for engineering because it's the form of locomotion. And so engineers have been thinking about, oh, can we use this as a way for robots to move around? Kind of like the, you know, jumping spiders or jumping other critters, right? That that's how they move. And so scientists are replicating evolutionary designs all over the place. And this is one of those designs that they're looking into. How can they replicate and maybe even, you know, improve upon? And that's what the research team led by Elliot Hawks at UC Santa Barbara was interested in doing. How can they look at the best jumpers in nature on Earth and push it further and get to the next level in terms of having an impressive jumping force that's useful for navigation? Mm -hmm. As Hawks explains, there hadn't really been a study that compares and contrasts the natural jumpers and the engineered jumpers to see whether engineered jumpers really are limited to the same laws that biological jumpers are. There's some constraints in terms of how much energy can be exerted in a single stroke of muscles as a biological jumper. So this team has used that inspiration to focus on putting as much energy as possible into a robot's motors. The idea is then to use the motors that ratchet or rotate it's a little bit more intense of a pressure and it leads to work multiplication mm-hmm. where the amount of energy stored in the spring is amplified and it results in a larger surge of energy to help it jump. Right. If you kind of think about it, it's like spinning, spinning and springing and sp- yes, simultaneously, exactly. right? As opposed to just push down. Yeah. Right. So instead of the spring just pushing down and up, it's spinning and springing. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the hybrid of tension and compression. It uses carbon fiber compression bows and stretching rubber bands. It's just different. Okay. So, like, why do we care about jumping robots other than I can envision that all the Beltarians are, you know, Beltons or whatever they are, have like they're jumping <laughs> over space junk with their robots. Right. So the purpose of the study was to test the limits of jumping robotic design and gain a deeper understanding of how jumping could be used as a form of locomotion. Mm -hmm. But really, jumpers would be incredible for space exploration. That's really an area that jumping ability could come in really handy. For example, they could clear obstacles on the surface of a vessel. They could also look from above. If you think about the moon, which has one-sixth the amount of gravity you have on the surface of the Earth. I don't know if you've ever seen like the astronauts jumping across the... So it's like leaping drone footage. Yeah, (laughs) leaping drones. And I like it. So if these same devices... Sounds horrifying, leaping drones. It does a little bit. That's why I'm a little anxious about it. But it's kind (laughs) of cool. And the thing that I like about these kinds of stories is just... The creativity and the problem solving that is belied in engineering, feats of engineering. And I think my son has kind of that engineering mind. He likes to see things that don't seem to be working and say, oh, why don't you do this? Like I have a friend who's got a, her foot is in a cast. So she's been using a little scooter, you know, like a knee scooter. And my son's like, oh, well, it looks like the front is so wobbly because she keeps like almost Mm -hmm. falling over. So he 
ran in and got a whole bunch of rubber bands and put a bunch of rubber bands around the front of the the device. And it totally fixed it for her. (laughs) I saw her last night. She's like, this is incredible. I'm not so afraid of falling over anymore. So this is like another surprising use of rubber bands, both our jumping robots and- And fixing knee scooters when you- (laughs) Yeah, knee scooter repair by Adam is amazing. (laughs) I love this. I agree with you. I like these stories where sometimes it seems like a silly innovation. You're like, why would we need that? Oh, that seems so far out. But at the end of the day, far out becomes part of how we do things in the future. And so it's inspiring. I could also see this as like having some sort of benefit toward like, I don't know, future carnivals, (laughs) carnivals of the future on Mars. Anyway, so other amazing stories on today's Optimist Daily include... Volunteer scuba divers recover 25,000 pounds of trash from Lake Tahoe. Wow. I love that story. I wish I could have been one of those volunteers. Being a caregiver is hard. Here are some tips to help you through. Women's Health News, Spain, to introduce a three-day menstrual leave. (laughs) And what is parasympathetic breathing and... Why is parasympathetic breathing so calming and how do I do it? (laughs) It's good. What else, Christy? And speaking of calming, there's a stand-up comedy course which helps support men at risk of suicide. I love that. If we didn't go into the whole space thing, I probably would have wanted to talk about that article. Humor is so, so critical in lifting. Absolutely. How do you keep friends with different political perspectives? Very interesting in this contentious. I know. <laughs> don't talk politics. <laughs> Just focus on what you share. Anyway, we'll go see what that is. How do massive flocks of starlings fly in perfect unison? I love murmuration stories. Between that and magnificence of butterflies, <laughs> it's like just a happy girl. And then regulators are proposing long overdue changes to Community Reinvestment Act. That and so much more you can find on theoptimistdaily.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Optimist Daily Update. We promise to keep finding out these positive solution-based stories that we can share with you with ideas on how you can participate in a changing world and ensure it is changed for the good. We promise to cover current events with accuracy, legitimate sources, always finding ways to come together and solve problems in a positive, productive kind of way, offering you the information we need to chart new paths for all of us. And if you haven't already, consider becoming an emissary. Those are our friends who help us fund independent journalism. It's as little as $5 a month. You can also support us for free by sharing us on your socials, forwarding a story to a friend, and leaving us positive reviews for our pod wherever you listen to us. Be part of the solution changing consciousness and addressing our world's biggest challenges with the problem-solving mindset. Everybody, let's keep the Optimist Daily free to all who need it, supported by those who can. We'll be back tomorrow with more solutions.